Chapter 9 of the book of Bamidbar begins with a very interesting story. Torah says that in verse number 2 of chapter 9, Viyasu b'nei Yisrael et ha-Pesach the people were commanded by God, who speaks to Moshe in verse number 1, that the children of Israel should bring, should observe the Pesach. Now the Pesach in the Torah does not refer to the holiday of Passover, but Pesach in the Torah refers to the sacrifice of the Pesach, which in the book of Exodus was brought on the 14th day of the month. The festival that follows is called in the Torah Chag HaMatzot, generally, the festival of Matzot. But the Pesach is the sacrifice of the 14th. And the Torah continues, It was brought on the 14th day in its appointed time, towards evening, you shall bring it in its appointed time, according to all its rules and its statutes, which have been laid out for us already in the book of Exodus, in chapter 12 of the book of Exodus, so we are, to, we are to bring this Paschal sacrifice that we brought in Egypt. Prior to leaving the land of Egypt, we are obligated to bring the Paschal sacrifice uh, in the second year as well. In fact, the Torah in chapter 12 of Exodus said explicitly that this is a sacrifice that's going to be brought not only in Egypt, but going to be brought later as well, even when you enter the land. And here it's being brought in the desert as we journey towards the land. Now the Torah tells us the following story in chapter 9, verse number 6. There were some people who had come in contact with a corpse. The Torah doesn't tell us how this happened, but they were tmeim l'nefesh adam, and therefore could not bring the Paschal sacrifice on that day. Why could they not bring it on that day? Presumably, the plain reading of the Torah, is because the Paschal sacrifice is not just sacrificed, but is eaten. And the Torah has said earlier in the book of Ayikra that a person who is Tamei is not permitted to eat a sacrificial portion. So when it comes to the Paschal sacrifice, with the Torah emphasized more than any other sacrifice the necessity to eat the sacrifice. So they therefore can't, if they're Tameh, they can't eat the sacrifice and therefore can't participate in the sacrifice. So they drew near to Moshe and Aaron on that, at that time. Moshe, because he's the great legislator, and Aaron, because he's in charge of sacrifices. So they came to both of them. Vayamru anashim ahema elav, in verse number 7, that these people said, a love to him, singular, so perhaps they're addressing the question more to Moshe than to Aaron, or perhaps sometimes the singular is used for two people when the two function is one. We are in fact Tameh, ritually impure, having come in contact with the corpse. Why should we be deprived? Why should we be deprived of bringing the sacrifice of God in its appointed time amongst the children of Israel? Moshe said, stand here, wait here. 
And I will hear what, God's com what God commands concerning this. Offhand, it's very strange. Unless they're asking, let's bring the sacrifice without eating it, which does not appear to be the plain meaning. They seem to be asking, why can't we be full participants in the carbon Pesach? And one might have answered them, you answered your own question. You said, that's the reason that you can't participate. Nothing we can do about that. That's a fact. That's the law. That's the rule. Interesting is that Moshe doesn't say that. Moshe says, wait here and let me hear what God has to command concerning this. Now, of course, Moshe has access to God, but it is curious that the Torah mentions Aharon as well. Not just Moshe, but Aharon, and Aharon is silent. Perhaps suggesting to us that from Aaron's perspective, it's not a question altogether. Obviously, they can't bring the sacrifice, because as they themselves admit, but Moshe apparently doesn't simply accept that ruling in this particular case. He's sympathetic, it would appear to their question at least. Let me, let me stand here and hear. Let's stand and find out what God has commanded. We recall that in the book of Exodus, when Moshe was the only judge, Yitro had said to him, let me give you a piece of advice. You have to ha allow the people to participate as judges, otherwise you'll never get justice because one person can't judge a whole nation. But the difficult matters you will bring to God. Yitro said the big matters, Moshe said, the difficult matters. So here we have a difficult matter. What is the difficult matter? The law is clear. The law clearly suggests they can't participate. On the other hand, they're making a very simple point. Why should we be deprived of sacrificing amongst the children of Israel? The Paschal sacrifice is not any ordinary sacrifice. The Paschal sacrifice was the mark of identity. It was the prerequisite to leaving the land of Egypt because it affirmed you as a Jew. It affirmed you as part of a community that serves God. So how should we be deprived? We happen to come in contact with a corpse. We contaminate ourselves on a temporary basis, but that should deprive us from affirming our identity through this central ritual? Says Moshe, stand here. And God's response is interesting. God's response is that no, they can't bring the sacrifice now amongst the others because they are Tameh. But we're going to give them a second chance, a Pesach Sheni, that in a month, those people who were ritually impure, and then in this ruling of God, in the continuation, God added another possibility. Not just ritually impure, but somebody who was far away. Bederech Rechoka, who was far away, that person is given a second chance to bring the Paschal sacrifice, known as the Pesach Sheni, and the Torah here, uh, in describing or telling us about the rules of the Pesach Sheni, uh, describes the way it is brought. In many respects, it's very similar to the first Pesach. It is to be eaten together with matzah and with maror, and the rules of not leaving it over obtain. So it has many similarities to Pesach Rishon. There are some distinctions as well. That's not our problem right now. But, so we have an interesting uh, concept over here of the Pesach Sheni. 
because they're right. They shouldn't be excluded from the community. On the other hand, there is a rule, and we have to follow the rules. A tame is not allowed to partake of the sacrifice. We give them an opportunity, a whole month, to become ritually pure, to become tahar, and thereby allow them to participate in this central ritual. But this story actually is interesting for a different reason, because it highlights an important question about the Torah in general, and the book of Bamidbar specifically, I would say, and that is, what is the connection between the narratives of the Torah and the laws of the Torah? That's a big question. It comes up in several places, and in the book of Bamidbar, it clearly comes up, because the point is that we have a ruling, God's ruling, God's instruction to Moshe about the Pesach Sheni, but we wonder in reading the story, what would have happened if these people had not come forward and argued with Moshe and filed a complaint, as it were, of Laman Nigara? And the response to these people, interestingly, is not just a response to them, but the response to them becomes inscribed in the law. It becomes a response for all time. It's not just you can bring the Paschal sacrifice in a month, but there are rules for the future, not just now. In verse number 10, means for your generations, means in the future. You are required to bring the Paschal sacrifice in the first month, but if you couldn't do it, had a legitimate excuse, you're permitted to bring it in the second month, if you have a legitimate excuse. So this is interesting, and from a different standpoint, one could say, it, speak towards, it speaks towards something which is very central in the Jewish tradition, which is that the Jewish tradition believes in a kind of interpretive tradition, that the people, the leaders, the scholars, and sometimes the plain people have a kind of innate wisdom they are interpreters of God's word, what we call Torah Shebaal Peh. They're trying to figure out, given the different situations, different conditions, how to understand what God commands in that situation. It often involves an interpretation of the Torah text. One might say sometimes a reinterpretation of the Torah text. And this particular story speaks to that, because you see over here, that the God's Torah can be shaped to some degree by human initiative. It does require initiative. Had they been silent, we wonder if we would ever have the parsha of the Pesach Sheni, the second chance. But they were not silent. They spoke up with a genuine and a real complaint, which is we want to be part of the community we want to be part of God's community. We want to be part of a ritual which in the book of Exodus is central. What, this, what defines community in the book of Exodus is those people that serve God. The carbon Pesach is a fulfillment of what Moshe had said earlier. We have to go off into the desert and sacrifice and celebrate and worship our God. That's what makes us a people in the book of Exodus. So how could we be deprived, they argue. So it's a, valid, it's a valid complaint. Moshe 
is sympathetic, more than Aaron. Moshe is sympathetic always to the individual. If they have a valid, a valid reason for their argument. So Moshe is the one who says, wait here. Let's see how we can accommodate you on one hand and still maintain our boundaries and our rules on the other. And that's the story of the Pesach Sheni.